Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. LCA Nation, welcome to this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast. Today we are talking to Tony Giordano, the social agent, about moving from online presence to online influence. Tony is so passionate about helping agents stay relevant today, tomorrow, and well into the future by understanding how to humanely connect with social media. Tony has lots of great advice, so let's get started. Okay, welcome back, Lab Coat Nation, to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And I am very excited today to interview a gentleman that I had never met until this, this call. And so I'm really excited to dive super deep uh, with this national speaker, coach, best selling author of a couple of books called The Social Agent. And for those of you who know me, you know that I love to dive deep on video and social media and branding. And we could not have found a better guest to do so than the Mr. Tony Giordano. Tony, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on the call and uh, look forward to a great uh, uh, lesson today. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get started, before we dive deep on those topics, let's talk a little bit about who you are. Let's let our audience know, for those, of th- those that don't know you, who are you? Where do you come from? What do you do now? What led you to where you are now? Give it to us. All right. Well, I will try to take the four-hour story and, and take it down to four minutes. My, uh, I was born and raised in L.A., grew up in different areas uh, north and east of L.A., so born in Beverly Hills, but then we lived up in the Santa Barbara area for most of my life, then some spurts back in L.A., then some spurts out in the desert um, in Palm Springs. But the majority of my life has been in the greater Los Angeles area, and now I live in West L.A. and Brentwood. Uh, Los Angeles uh, for the past few years. Um, I got in the business as a 20-year-old young young whippersnapper going door-to-door selling cell phones for AT&T. And I was trying to save up enough money to put myself through the fire academy and become a firefighter. Didn't come from wealth. I didn't come from business savvy family. Dad was a landscaper. Mom's a bookkeeper. And I just wanted to be a firefighter. So I was a door-to-door sales guy. And walked to a mortgage company and of course the door said no soliciting so to a good salesperson that means welcome with open arms so i walked into the mortgage company long story short i sold the branch manager a cell phone she then turned around and offered me a job to sell loans i took the job and started selling mortgage refinances because if anything was going to make me save up enough money to put myself through the four-month fire academy, it would be selling loans and not phones. So I started December of 98 at 20 years old and August of, of 1999, just turning 21, I now have a two-bedroom, two-bath 
condo on the hill with panoramic views of the Pacific Ocean and Catalina Island. I have a nice car. I'm no longer struggling. I have $35,000 sitting in my bank account that has no purpose whatsoever. It's just savings. And this business completely changed my life. And I, I say that to a lot of my own coaching clients or when I'm on stage speaking is, is whether you're in real estate, you're in insurance, you're in, you're in lending, anything that has to do with the housing economy, we are in an absolutely amazing business that has no limit except for ourselves. There's no limit to how much wealth that we can establish or, or the extraordinary things we want to be able to do in our life in this industry. And so I did what anybody would have done, resigned. Because my passion was I was gonna be a firefighter. So I now had the money to put myself through the four month fire academy. So I joined the fire academy September of 99. I graduated December of 99. And after I graduated, I was out of money. So as I was testing with departments to get picked up as a full-time firefighter, I went back to the mortgage company to start selling loans January of 2000 and had another rookie year per se. And within a few months, I got picked up as a reserve uh, in LA County as a firefighter, which I still am to this day. But my mortgage career took off in 2000. Unfortunately, in 2001, when everybody expected the next recession and housing shift because housing goes down every 10 or so years, historically proven, 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990. So in 2000, 2001, people were saying, oh, there's going to be a shift, but it never shifted, did it? Right? We, we were there. And that's because the two planes went into the towers and September 11th was the birth of the fake economy and the fake housing market built on nothing but a house of cards and pretty much greed. And in 2002, I make $380,000 in my early 20s as a loan officer. I leave that company. I go to a mortgage broker firm, so I had access to all programs. In 2003, I make a half a million. In 2004, at the age of 26, I make my first million. Four years later, four years later, going into 2008, pretty much three and a half years later, going into 2008, I have every toy you could possibly think of, watches, paintings, boats. I have 18 properties. I'm building two gorgeous luxury spec homes in Malibu and up in Ventura Beach. I have multiple offices of my own, and I'm partners with three other gentlemen as owners of our own mortgage company. And the life pretty much was whatever I wanted out of it. And within less than 12 to 18 months, I lost everything in the 2008-2009 crash. And when I tell my audiences or anybody everything, everything, you know, in 06, the year before the crash or the year before the real estate crash really started to, to take place, I went through a massive divorce in 2008. In the middle of the crash, my youngest son's diagnosed with autism. I'm bartending on the weekends to put food on the table. I can't go back to the fire department full time to get paid because I have a torn ACL. And because of the crash, couldn't afford medical insurance. So after I tore my ACL, I cannot do the surgery so that the fire department puts me back on, on full time basis 
where I'm not struggling type of thing since losing everything. And it just kept getting harder, just kept things just kept piling up. And finally, summer of 09, just so fed up with mortgage. I couldn't get a loan funded for the life of me. Lehman Brothers is crashing. Bear Stearns is crashing. Stock market's crashing a thousand points a day for a week straight. And I finally just threw in the towel as a mortgage broker. It just wasn't fun anymore. And I'm a big believer that if you're not doing something you're passionate about, that you actually enjoy getting up and getting to your office or going to whatever you do for a living, then it's just a dead, it's, it's a dead life at that point. And so I uh, called up my buddy, Madison, from the show Million Dollar Listing, who sent me all his clients for loans. So when I say I was the loan guy, a lot of big agents sent me their clients uh, for their mortgages. And I said, hey, man, I'm switching to your side. And he said, great, I think you'll be good at it. I'll introduce you to my manager. And the next day I joined Coldwell Banker, October of 2009 uh, in Malibu. And within 30 days of implementing a couple of the things and techniques that I teach now, I didn't know it was going to turn in anything then, but I had done a couple things that I saw other people doing, went to a couple tech classes, also learned some things that I realized were incorrect of what techies teach real estate agents, because I identified a massive issue is that most of us are being taught all these online tools and building relationships online by techies not by actual business people who have captured ROI from it. And once I implemented a few of these things within the first month, about a month later, right before Thanksgiving, November of 09, I had a lady who I had added as a friend on Facebook three weeks before that, after I'd kind of set up the techniques that I, I teach, refer me her father's $5.9 million uh, beach listing. And the rest is history. By summer of 2010, six months into my rookie year, I was rookie of the year. Uh, 80% of my business was coming from Facebook alone. I was only doing Facebook at maybe 20%. So I jumped in with both feet. Then I started learning LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Google, all their niches, what worked, what didn't. By the end of 2010, I started speaking nationally for Coldwell Banker in 2011. Uh, become a national trainer on luxury and online and digital media, video marketing. And then in 2012, started writing the first book, went to different companies, you know, as a real estate agent, and then also as a leader and an owner of offices of my own in the past few years. But then about three years ago, four years ago, I decided to go out on my own, launch my own coaching program because my passion is teaching any brand. It doesn't matter who you are, the power of modern day approach to increasing productivity. And then wrote the second book. And yeah, it's, I've been blessed with best-selling books. I've been blessed with amazing coaching clients. And at the end of the day, when people ask me, uh, you know, how did you rebuild everything you lost so quickly? Because you're only down for like two years. And there's people still down from that 0809 crash and haven't even recovered. And I always tell him two things. I'm online and I know how to market myself. And put the two words together, 
it becomes 10 times more powerful online marketing. But when you think of every multi-billion dollar brand today, they're online and they know how to market themselves. And ourselves can mean our brand, our logo, but it also just means, do we market ourselves to the community as just a respectable business person out there shaking hands, giving back charity, being there for people to even be worthy to ask another respectable business person if they know anybody looking to buy or sell a house. Uh, and so I've always just been very passionate that you have to, you have to take the modern day approach today and stop saying and doing things that agents have been saying and doing for 30 years. So that's what I kind of teach is, you know, marketing online and modern day scripts and language of sales. But that's kind of the, the gist of the story. It's awesome. That's awesome. And and I didn't realize this uh, because again, like I just told the listeners in the beginning, we'd never met before. Uh, I actually got into the, I'm in the mortgage business, still am today, got in it in 2000. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly the trials and oh, tribulations yeah. you went through. Um, I guess I was one of the persistent ones just to say, I'm sticking this out because like you said, I had a hard time finding a career where I could, you know, where you could be afforded the, the the flexibility and the freedom and also the income potential that real estate or mortgage provides. And that's why I stuck it out. One thing that fascinates me by, by all of that, which that's all extremely fascinating and, and, and insanely impressive, is the fact that you engaged Facebook and social media arguably way before its time. I mean, let's just be honest, it's, it's hasn't really picked up massive steam into the last three, four years, right? Like going live and video yeah. and, and Facebook targeting. And, and so you were in it in, and I think you said 2012, maybe even earlier than that. I, I got to hear about that. I mean, what were you doing back then? Because there, there couldn't have been a, a massive audience mm -hmm. on Facebook then like there is today. So how did you navigate that? How did you make it so successful? And then let's let's obviously evolve it into today. Yeah, for sure. And great, great way to put it. So in 2009, the first thing that I had done when I had said I had implemented a couple techniques is the first is I just started Googling all of the biggest agents in Los Angeles, in my marketplaces, West Hollywood, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Malibu, even up to Santa Barbara, down to Newport Beach. And I just started Googling the biggest agents, the biggest names, and not just luxury, the, the top 1% of commercial agents, the top 1% maybe of people who just close a ton of units, and that's why they're in the top 1%, or it was the top 1% of volume because they were a luxury agent. Regardless what they did, if they were in the top 1%, for every 20 that I Googled, 19 all had this one thing in common. They all had amazing, custom, gorgeous, or just fully custom websites. They didn't have the non-mobile friendly templated website Coldwell Banker gave them for hanging their license for free that looked like 90,000 other Coldwell Banker agents. They didn't have the non-mobile friendly templated website KW gave them for hanging their license for free, that Remax gave them for hanging their license for free, that Sotheby's gave them for hanging their license for free. The top 1% went out and built their own great websites from a website company that told their story, not someone else's. And it looked better than most of their competition. Now, I didn't know why they did that. 
I just knew that's what I got to do. Because why would they all have this just to have it for fun? I, I highly doubt that. Something, there has to be something about it that makes them do this. And then eventually I realized what that reason was. Websites get listings, period. Buyers couldn't care less about our websites then and definitely, definitely not now. But websites get listings. And last I checked, listings are the king and queen of surviving any shift. And a shift is coming and will come, no question. So those who control the inventory, who control the listings, control the market. And websites get listings because people will look at us, they'll Google us, they'll go on our website, and then they'll see if other people have entrusted our service, or they'll just see our modern day first impression, which is what I call it today. That the main reason we have websites is it's the modern day first impression. They don't need us for property search anymore or anything else. It's, is this person worthy of 60 minutes in my living room? Yes, based on what I'm looking at, yes, they are. And we'll probably never go to our website ever again. The second thing is as I started building this gorgeous website through a website company called Agent Image, the design people, they, I saw a class being offered and the class was called Facebook 101. And I go, maybe there's something more to social media than I'm taking advantage of. And, and you had said you were, you, you were early. Well, I was early in the sense of business. I was late in the sense of personal. For a 30-year-old in 2008, not to have a MySpace and a Facebook was unheard of. And so I was just, I wasn't on any social media. And so finally, after my divorce, summer of 07, uh, my executive assistant before the crash, you know, it's starting to, but it, you know, money's still coming in, life is good. You know, I'm single, I got boats, houses, you know, I, I have no idea what's about to happen. And my executive assistant walked into my office, uh, Jacqueline, and she goes, I'm tired of seeing you mope around. You need to get out there. You need to meet a girl again and, and find true love. I'm going to, I'm going to launch a MySpace for you. And I go, what the heck is a MySpace? And she kind of explained it. It's this two way communication platform, live website that is, it's interactive. It's not like a, a one way message or an email or anything. It's, it's, it's live and you get in there and you meet people and you connect and you tell your best story and they tell their best story and that's it. And so I said, fine, whatever. So she launched a MySpace and throughout 07, I used it pretty much just for dating. And then in 2008, everybody started talking about Facebook. So December of 08, which is actually late for a lot of people who are my age, they were on it beginning of 08, if not even 07. December of 08, I joined Facebook. And throughout 09, right in the middle of the crash, I'm just using Facebook and MySpace for dating. And I'm using it on how I'm using it the same way 99% of people in America still use it today. 99% of America still uses social media the same way. And for the same things, who's dating, who's not, want to be musician, want to be supermodels, self-expression in ways we shouldn't, political and religious rants, our closest sphere of friends and family, and one or two strangers we've never met. 
and a bunch of me, 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 me posts or boring, boring business that we drive down people's throats. And so that's all I would, not all those categories. I'm just saying for one of those, it's, it's how most people use it. It's just for their closest friends and family or it's self-expression ways they shouldn't, or like, I'm not saying everybody does all of those things, just one or the other. And so I see this class and I go, maybe there's something more to it. So I go to this class and this 19 year old kid teaches a, a group of agents for four hours, how to launch an amazing Facebook business page. Back then they were called the fan pages. And, and he was showing us things and he was enabling settings and he was embedding coding on the backside of Facebook that to allow my business page to do things people still don't realize their business pages can do today. And today it's just a matter of going in your settings and clicking a button. He had to actually create the button through coding. And so throughout this class, I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm, I'm learning so much more like how to do things inside Facebook. And it had nothing to do with the friend page. It was just the business page. But he would say things during that class that I would disagree with. And he'd go, and then you want to get out there and do this. And I go, no, he doesn't understand. That doesn't work in business. That doesn't work in sales. I'm not going to do that. But then he'd say something else. And I go, that might work. I'll try that. And then he'd say something else. Nope, I'm not going to do that. And that's when I realized what I said earlier. The number one problem with our industry in 09 and still the number one problem with our industry today is the majority of salespeople are being taught online brand awareness, social media marketing, online lead generation, uh, all of the things that we have to do in building relationships in our brand online by techies. And so when we think about that, you have to wonder why so many agents approach social media the same way and don't see extraordinary ROI come from it. Cause most likely they learned from a techie because they went to a social media class. The techie did some amazing things, showed them how to do things. But this is where I, I kind of help people come to this conclusion. So do you need the techie? Yes. Because they show us the how to, Right. You're going to click this. You're going to download this. You're going to embed this code. You're going to enable this setting. You're going to hit find contacts. You're going to import your CV file. You're going to export contacts. You're going to enable this setting and you're going to hit launch, right? You need that. That's that. We need the navigation. We need to know the how to do it. But I'm curious for those that are listening on this call, if you went to that class and that techie taught you how to do it, and then you asked the techie this question. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for teaching me how to do so much more inside this social media platform. I feel like I'm so much more aware on how to do things. Now that I know how to do it, um, hey, Techie, what should I say? Whatever you realtors say, maybe try new listing, five bedroom, five bath, open this Sunday between 12 and four, contact us for details or a private showing. Entertainer's Delight, Motivated Seller, Pool Home, Free Muffins, Hashtag Los Angeles Realtor. Brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? I'll definitely say that. So now that I know what to say, I'm definitely going to say what 98.6% of all boring robotic agents say every day when they drive boring business down people's throats. 
now that I know what to say, who should I say it to? Uh, people who may need to buy a house or sell a house, try older people. Brilliant. And there's 99% of the approach of social media from agents in America because they were taught the techie side of it only, not the human side of it, which is the ROI. So there's two sides to social media and online. Just I don't even like calling it social media. I just like calling it online presence because online presence covers the basis of everything. Video marketing, social media marketing, digital media. is There's two sides to it. We have to learn the techie side so we know how to do it. But then it's just where humans are today. And that's the, and humans haven't changed. So it's just the new neighborhood. It's the new networking event. It's the new audience is just online instead of having to go out and meet them face to face. And so, but I didn't even realize that at that moment. Uh, I just realized I'm not going to do a lot of the things he said, but I have this amazing business page now and I have a gorgeous website to draw traffic to it from but then he dismisses the class and this kid says something that is still one of the most game-changing statements that i can tell any audience to just get their mindset to completely shift and the light bulb to finally just go and half the class left the room i'm walking out and he goes and he says it so nonchalantly too he goes oh i forgot to say one thing in addition to your Facebook business page, a real estate agent or a salesperson from any industry should have a minimum of 2,000 friends on their personal friend page of Facebook also. And I turned around. I, I remember like it was yesterday and I stopped dead in my tracks and I said, what did you just say? And he repeated himself. And I said, that is by far the best thing you said all day. And he goes, how is that the best thing I said all day? Right? Did you not hear what I taught you, Tony? <laughs> like, he, he didn't even understand why it was the best because here's the thing. These techies have never sold a thing in their life. They do not understand language of sales. They do not understand how to build a a brand and business and hiring and firing and all the things that it takes in modern day language of sales and relationship building for the most part, because techies aren't like that. And we're about to learn online relationship and lead gen from them. Be careful who we're learning from folks, right? That'd be like learning from a coach who hasn't sold a house in 30 years, yep. who doesn't even implement modern day techniques. So are your coaches, are your teachers, are your mentors still in the trenches doing and seeing what used to work and now what works better? Or are they still saying the same stuff that they've been telling audiences for 20 years, 10 years even? So that's when I said, he goes, how is that the best thing I said? And I go, because Josh, sales is a what game? Numbers. Real estate is a contact sport, period. And Josh, if I take my 380 friends on Facebook and MySpace who follow me around on a digital sidewalk for the last couple years in 07 and 08, and they follow me around on this digital sidewalk as I self-express to my closest friends and family, mostly in ways that I should not, 
and I take sides and occasionally I post something maybe I shouldn't have posted because that's how I use it like most people. And I stop doing that. And I neutralize my online identity, my digital twin, and I become everybody's friend. And then after I neutralize it, I turn around and I go and add 1,700 more complete strangers throughout South Bay, Malibu, Santa Monica, West Hollywood, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, just by going to friends of mine posts and getting into conversations with people in the comment thread and following it up with a friend request. And now I have 2,000 people following me around every day. A 365-day drip campaign, instead of bugging them with a 12 direct, 33 touch, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, just sold, I love referrals, don't forget, please unsubscribe. <laughs> no, I'm just sharing my life every single day. I'm expressing myself in ways that I should, inspiring, motivating, making people laugh, being myself. And I just happen to be a real estate agent. How would that not work? And so I just, it just became my one thing. And long before that book, long before the book came out is I'm just going to go get to 2000 people and see what happens. And the first day, the next day was the day I added that lady, Kathy, a doctor of mine posted something. He's a friend of mine on Facebook already. He posted something. He had 25 comments. And I just went into that comment thread and saw a lady named Kathy who said something funny, liked her comment. Then I complimented her. You're hilarious. Then she said, thank you. Then I sent a friend request. And three weeks later, after social media built our bond for us, we didn't have to. We never even met and shook hands yet. She refers her father's $5.9 million spec home listing and the rest is history. And so what I was doing is I was taking this human approach and just pretending that Facebook and now all of them, but social media networks is just where humans are today. So instead of door knocking, I was door clicking, but the front door that I knock on my front door says 24 mutual friends, seven similar interests. You both have a dog named Roxy. You both graduated the same high school and college and you have 24 mutual friends. And one of those friends is their best friend from college. What does your front door say? What does your call list for co-calling say? See, I'm choosing to go where it's hot and warm and see how I'm connected with the person and then go in for the kill. And it worked. And when I got to 2000, then the goal was 3000 then the goal was 4,000. And now there's a half a million people online that I'm connected to. So it's just, you never stop. And I still only teach that same approach is you have to realize it's just the place to build relationships. And, and I get asked all the time, like, how do you have time for this? Like, where do you find the time for an hour or two in the morning to like, be talking to all these people on Facebook or Instagram or social media or LinkedIn, and then follow it up with friend requests and connection requests. And I always say the same thing. I'm sorry. Are you asking me, where do I find the time to get in front of humans and get into conversation, which is what leads to business one day? Uh, yeah, I make the time. I time block. 
to do that because that's what sales is. That's what you're doing when you go door knocking. You're trying to get in front of humans to tell them that you exist and what you do. I just choose to do it in the, the, the number one way the world wants to communicate and online and the easiest place for them to respond that has 20 times the ROI and takes 10 times less time to do it. You go and choose whatever form of communication you want to reach out to people. I'm just doing it where most people are today, but I make the time. So that's kind of the story of, of when you asked me, like, why, what were you doing that no one else was doing? And how did you know how to do it? Well, it was just when that first light bulb went off, this is just where humans are and humans haven't changed. We still get offended if we see something offensive in, in our real life versus even online. Uh, if somebody says happy birthday to our face, we still get warm and fuzzy inside. If somebody says happy birthday on our Facebook timeline, we still get warm and fuzzy inside. We're just online. That's it. Love it. Love it. And you know what? I wanted to stop you about 10 times and just say mic drop, but I didn't have the opportunity <laughs> to do so. And, and you know, the thing about this is, is that everything that you just said is timeless. So you just figured it out way before anybody else. And truthfully, uh, only because I know this, because I'm in your boat, it just took me until the last couple of years to figure out what you figured out, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. And, and we, we teach it to people because I think they use social media as social media and they don't look at it like their business. Like you just said, how do you have the time? I get the same question. It's, it's like, how do you make the time to door knock? How do you make the time to prospect? How do you make the time to, 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 to farm a neighborhood? It's the same thing, right? I mean, and that's exactly what you're saying. And I think if people don't understand that by listening to everything that you're saying, man, it's like, it's not that hard. Turn the camera on your life. It's, exactly. And let's go back to lead generation. Let's say you do go door knocking. Is it all business? No. If they open the door, do you sit there and say hi? I'm a real estate agent. I just listed a house around the corner. It's open this Sunday between 12 and four. Are you a boring robot to them? No, you don't even talk about business when they open the door. You talk about the dog that ran out or you talk about their garden or a pretty house. You're trying to develop a connection. So even that is social. And so that's why I tell people like you make the time to get into conversations with humans and social media has now made it so easy so simple to do it and it's warm it's not cold which is why chapter 13 of my new book the two the social agent 2.0 chapter 13 is titled death of the cold call and am i saying death of calling no am i saying death of knocking no i'm not even saying death of anything i'm saying death of cold why are we choosing to do anything cold when technology access to information and online networks make everything boiling hot. And yet we're still choosing to do things cold. And, you know, we have that webinar coming up, you know, on October 4th that we're going to do with you guys for lab coats. And it's called lead generation versus lead assumption. And a statement I make in that is lead generation is not door knocking. Lead generation is not calling. Lead generation is not mailing. Lead generation is not emailing. Lead generation is not texting. Lead generation is not direct messaging and social media messaging. Those are all forms of communication. 
not lead gen. Those are forms of communicating to another human. Lead generation is simply asking enough people every day if they know anybody looking to buy or sell a house and getting at least 20 people to respond yes or no to you. That's what lead gen is. You need 20 people to say no or yes, doesn't matter, but you just need 20 people to respond to you. Now that we know what lead gen is, now we look at our list of forms of communication and now we choose what form of communication do I think is the best form today to get this, these 20 responses. And if you think some archaic old school dinosaur form of communication is still the best way to get in front of 20 people every day by horse and carriage, house to house, go for it. I don't care. Every form of communication works but it doesn't mean it's the most effective. It doesn't mean it has the highest ROI and it doesn't mean that it's the most time effective for your schedule. Uh, it's, oh, I mean, it's it, everything that you're preaching right now is I'm, I'm standing over here silently clapping and, and giving you a standing ovation. I love it. This, oh, is, this, is, fan, this is fantastic. So I, I we've, this is, been brilliant and uh, we're already about 40 minutes in I, I want to ask you a couple of, of very specific questions so you know you mentioned like and this was years ago to get to 2,000 followers I assume when we're talking Facebook specifically uh, if somebody hears your story and says okay Tony so how many do I want to get to today I assume the answer is probably max it out at 5,000 correct yeah but then you turn and Facebook is probably finally getting rid of the 5,000 max thing but this and let's not make, let's make sure we specify friends, not followers, because the followers and the, the 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 business page likes, we have to go and we have to spend money. We have to be able to be willing to promote our brand and run sponsored ads and stuff like that to get a, a significant following. But just adding people as friends on Facebook and connecting with people as as connections on LinkedIn. Um, so when Facebook gets rid of it, cool. If they don't ever get rid of it. You have to just make sure you turn on followers. You enable the setting called followers on your friend page. Just like a business page, you can actually go into your settings and it'll say enable public following, like public posts. And you want to enable that because then when people send you a friend request, if you're already at the max, it'll say, hey, Tony's at the max, but you're now following his friend page. And as long as all of our stuff is public audience, meaning we don't, we don't ever post anything to a certain list. We don't ever post just to our friends. You have to make sure everything about you online is public. And so then now they see everything that the friends do, which is why if you go to my friend page on Facebook, Tony Giordano, there's two of us. So the, the correct one is a bald white guy wearing a tuxedo and my wife is in a red dress is the profile picture, you're going to see I'm at the max of 5,000, but then you're going to see another 15 something thousand follow my friend page because I'm at that max. So you just want to keep going and keep putting yourself out there so that people want to follow you and get you get to that point. And once you start getting the 3,000, 4,000 friends, it becomes even easier because then you start just getting requests all day long because people who they're connected to, it said, just became friends with Tony. And then they scroll over my name and see that we have 30 mutual friends too. And they're like, 30 mutual friends, who is this guy? And then they send a friend request to you. So it just starts the domino effect once you get past that 2000 mark. 
Do you, do you recommend any certain strategy? Because, and, and I'm just going to speak from myself here because I'm the one talking to you. Uh, and, and for me, you know, again, I'm, I'm in the lending space, but I'm in the, I'm in the business of attraction. Like I don't like to chase, I don't chase leads. I want to attract whether it's loan officers or agents to my business. Right. So I feel like I'm very strategic about what I'm adding. I'm not just for lack of a better term, a Facebook whore and just say, yes, 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 yes. Accept. I am strategic about making sure that I'm only accepting friend requests because to me, I treat social media as my business. I'm not scrolling feeds to see what my, my cousin's having for dinner or, or a exactly. little Susie's recital, right? I'm using it as a business. So what is your advice to someone who's just accepting everyone because, oh, Tony told me I need to get to 5,000 friends, so I'm just going to build it up. But that's not probably the best strategy, is it? No, uh, your best strategy is you go to risegroupcoaching.com and sign up. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Uh, the, 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 the quickest way I can answer that is, is try to go after, you go after quantity because that's how we find quality. But if people send you a friend request and you can tell it's a real person, um, even if you don't have mutual friends, but there's other profile pictures of them it shows that they have a few hundred friends, maybe two mutual friends. It shows where they work. Then I accept it. But when you're out there trying to send friend requests yourself, then do what I did. Go and do, go into someone like a doctor friend of yours post or an attorney friends of yours post or somebody who's a 35 year old friend of yours on Facebook, who's a teacher and go into their post because Jim Rohn, one of the greatest of all time has said it for decades is human nature is we surround ourselves by equals. Our closest sphere of people we hang out with the most in our life every week, the people that we're always around are usually equals. And Jim says, take it. Think of the five people that you hang out with the most right now, guess their income, add it all up, divide by five. And that's probably right where you are. Mm-hmm. And Jim goes further and says, and if you don't like where you are, time to go get five new friends. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep those ones because sales is a what game? Numbers. Numbers yep. But those people aren't pushing you. And we're not even just talking about money. They're not even pushing you mentally to think big uh, or, and achieve greater things. So what I did is I take that philosophy and I know if I go to a 40-year-old attorney's post, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, it doesn't matter where. And I see she has 20 comments. Those aren't 18 year olds saying, you're right. Those are other 30, 35, 40 year olds. Those are business owners, doctors, nurses, maybe who people who own small businesses. Those are people that are going to be like her commenting on her stuff because they're her friend. And then sure enough, when I did that, Dr. Jim, his post, Kathy, she, she was a, she owned her own, uh, law firm for family law. So that's, you, you want to go after that type of, of comment thread and also a ratio that I learned back then. That's still a ratio to this day. Cause I track everything. I'm a big numbers guy. And for every 10 people you see comment on a friend of yours or a connection of yours posts, you're not connected or friends with eight out of the 10 on average. of the people we see in these comment threads on posts, we're not connected to. That is a pool of people. 
So that would be my easiest answer. Obviously, it goes so much further than that. I have action plans. I have all these like 10-step processes, three-step processes, the five phases to online lead generation and ROI. But that would be how to at least start to see that first level of ROI come back to you. And then, of course, it's evolved. And I know you wanted to kind of touch on it towards the end of the call is, is social media will evolve. Digital media will evolve. I mean, shoot, we have digital currency now, you know, and cryptocurrency that's not going to go anywhere that will continue taking over the world. So everything evolves online, especially when it comes to technology. But the one thing that doesn't ever change is the approach, the approach to just talking to human beings online. Now, the form to talk to them is what changes. So a few years ago, us just going on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn and saying something, writing it and hitting share worked, but that doesn't work anymore. Video has taken over everything. And that's why one of my sessions is called Video Marketing Mastery because Facebook has already announced by 2022, it plans to be 100% video. Instagram is all video, live streaming stories more than anything right now. And all of these networks have changed their algorithms to push video and live streaming and, and anything that has to do with a video in front of everything else in the news feeds. So what I'm trying to warn people of is if you're not willing to get in front of your camera and, and make that the way you self-express so that you can post it to social media and now people will see what you had to say instead of reading what you had to say, if you're not willing to start doing that in the next 12 months, I guarantee you and anyone on this call, it is a fact. No one will ever see anything you post ever again come 2021. You have got to get in front of that camera. I don't care how camera shy you are. It is the next evolution. And the main reason people are tired of fake. They're tired of not knowing who the person is or or anybody can write something, but standing in front of your camera and just being real and, and who cares if you forgot what you were going to say, they'll laugh about it. And then you'll remember and you keep live streaming or stuttering or whatever it is. People want to see that raw, real person on the other end. And that's the next evolution of what I'm trying to teach people. And, and of course, listing videos, market update videos. There's a time and a place for a production, right? And equipment and a green screen. You have to do that for marketing your brand and, and your properties, but live streaming and just being raw and talking to people, both in your personal life and your business life, that is the new, the new approach. 100% authenticity sells. And, and I say this when I stand on stage and speak about the similar topics, actually, is, and I, and I, always, I always single out women and I said, you're all going to groan when I say this, but I'm telling you right now, if you want to be authentic and you want your audience to resonate with you, do more videos without your makeup on and without your hair done. Because yeah. women will look at you and say, holy crap, I can totally relate. And that will draw them into that video versus the one where you are glamour shotted. And that's not the real you. That's the fake you. That's the one that's dialed up. That's not the one who's, you know, rolling around right. your house every single day. And there's so many tips we can give them, right? I mean, there's yeah. a whole chapter dedicated to video in my book on, on tips from an actress friend of mine who's a client, Sandra D. Robinson, wrote a, a segment of that chapter, who's a former actress, soap opera actress. She's been on so many different shows and she teaches people how to be better on camera, even if it's live streaming. You know, make sure you're looking towards bright light 
so there's no shadows on your face. Always be at eye level. But yet I see so many agents will be looking down at their webcam or up at their phone. And that's not how people connect with us. People connect in our eyes. And so you want to always have the lens at eye level looking into it. I told an agent the other day, he was, he was doing a live stream, but he was looking at the camera that's connected to the right side of his Mac instead of, or he was looking at the right side of his screen because that's where he could see himself, but he wasn't looking into the camera lens. Mm -hmm. So he talked and it was an amazing live stream with great, great uh, education, but no one watched it. The only reason I watched it is I coach him. And so I wanted to watch it so that then I could screenshot it and I texted it to him and I said, no one connected with you at all because you're looking at yourself instead of looking in the lens. Mm. So it's creating habits like that. But we were shooting videos on listings in LA in early 2010 before anyone was doing it. There was a handful of us that first started marketing property that way. And now it's just become a habit. It will become a habit for anybody who listens to this call. Don't worry. So what I'm going to do is uh, leave you with another tip because I try to tell my coaching clients all the time, especially the ones who are camera shy, how to maybe get over that or how to maybe take a different approach. So what I tell them is why don't you start live streaming things you love to talk about? Meaning the next time you're at a kid's soccer game, instead of taking a photo of your kids on the soccer field, just hit the live stream button, go into Instagram, go into Facebook, hit that live stream button and say, Hey everybody, I'm at my kid's soccer game, two minutes left. That's him right there. Number 42. And now the camera's not on you yet. You are still live streaming. You're still talking. Or if you love taking pictures or videos of your dogs, I mean, everybody loves to self-express about certain things, but just start live streaming or even sharing the little 15 second stories inside Instagram and Facebook and what's going to happen is as you start doing this for things you like to do it on, you're going to get used to it. You're going to get more natural at it. And it's going to create a habit in doing it. And before you know it, you're going to say, I can do this to unveil the new entryway of our new listing. I can do this on an open house. I can do this as a client testimonial and live stream. I can live stream at a local restaurant with the general manager and tell the public why that restaurant's so great and let him pitch it for 60 seconds on why their food is so great. So he turns around and takes the video that we created and posts it to his social media. And now their 16,000 followers know that I'm a real estate agent there in that town. You'll start to see all the different things you can do. But if you are camera shy, you don't know where to start then start with narrating things you love to talk about and then the rest will come to you naturally. It's perfect. Basically uh, share your hobbies, share your life. Cause again, it's easy. Now I will ask you this. So when you said, and, and so when I, I just met with an agent yesterday and I was giving her some advice, cause she said the same thing. I'm camera shy. I, I don't know about doing this. I'm just going to video my dog or I'm going to video my grandkids. Would you say though that uh, at some point they have to get comfortable because I, you just said go ahead and video your kids at the ball game, right? But at some point, wouldn't you say videoing your kids at the ball game is great? But start out the video with you, so then there's the authenticity piece of it. Then they recognize you; they see you more often. Yes, without question, you're going to have to get into the habit of doing it 
for with your face on there. And you're also going to get in the habit of doing it for business. All I'm saying is if you struggle with starting for your business and struggle with starting to be in front of that camera, then start with just narrating things you love to talk about. And, and it'll happen naturally. I, I'm telling you right now, within just a couple weeks, you're going to flip that camera around. Two more weeks from there, you're going to live stream an open house or a new listing you just got. It will start to just automatically happen. And then, of course, there's some coaching techniques and strategies that you can follow of mine that get, you know, just make you even better. But for the most part, start with that so that you at least get the process down. I know people, and I'm sure you do too. I know people who have gone into Facebook and you know where it says what's on your mind and you're able to then say something and then maybe check into a restaurant or upload a photo or, or a catch a video. I know, and you'll see the live button right there. Mm -hmm. I know people who haven't even hit that live button because they think if they hit the live button, it starts streaming right there. <laughs> so they haven't even, they haven't even attempted to try. And just so everybody who's listening on the call, when you hit the live button inside Facebook in your post, you're not streaming yet. It's going to take you into the live platform where then you get to write something. You get to add a hashtag. You get to tag someone. And then when you're ready, it'll say start. And then it'll do a little countdown. Five, four, three, two, and then you're streaming. And then, of course, always save the videos to your camera roll after you live stream so that you can always repost it at another time maybe even on a different network, um, which is why you also see that I hardly ever say the network I'm on when I'm live streaming because until Instagram and Facebook make it so that they're live streaming at the same time in only one platform and it's automatically going to the other, I want to be able to, after I stream live on Facebook, upload that same live stream to Instagram, even though it won't be live, I can upload that video inside IGTV you know, even if it's six minutes long yep. and now it makes it seem like I just posted a video or I uploaded a video. So when I live stream on Instagram, I don't say, Hey, Instagram friends or vice versa on Facebook. I just say, Hey everybody. And then I get going. You, you bring up a good point too. So you just brought up, uh, you know, something that we might take for granted, which is uh, people not knowing that when you hit the live button, it doesn't go live immediately. But another thing you just mentioned was when you go live and the video finishes before you click to share it, there's a little button in the bottom left that says save that video. So that's exactly what Tony's doing. He's saving the video right to his phone. And then therefore he can then share it to IG, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever the hell he wants to share it to. Great point, Tony. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, and you can also go into your settings and make it where it automatically does that. Like you don't have to do it every time or, or manually press the button that says save. But uh, but yeah, just always make sure you're saving because I know people who after they live stream, they're like, oh, I wish I still had that video, but I didn't save it. And eventually live streams. Oh, and then always make sure your live streams post. So share it as a post after yep. the live stream is over so it stays on Facebook. Yep. Again, well, I guess you and I take that for granted. I never even thought to even mention that. So uh, this has been great, man. I, so obviously uh, we're, we've gone well past the time that we usually do, and that's usually a good sign of some amazing content. And I think our listeners have gained a ton of fantastic nuggets today, something that they can implement into their business, like right this second, like as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, 
get after it, get onto Facebook, start using some of these techniques that Tony shares. Uh, so Tony, let's, obviously you mentioned it before, risegroupcoaching.com. Mention it again and, and any place else that someone can find you and, 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 and reach out to you. My Instagram is at Tony underscore Giordano. You can follow me on there or any of my other networks. And then my website is Giordano.global. That is my normal speaking, coaching, my book, who I am website. But risegroupcoaching.com is for people who might not have the budget or time for one-on-one individual coaching, but they at least want to get coached by me in groups and learn new strategies and scripts and language of sales. And if you go to that website, you can just sign up right there, risegroupcoaching.com. Otherwise, Giordano.global, you can hit contact me and and contact our offices anytime. Very good. And by the way, that's spelled G-I-O-R-D-A-N-O. Giordano, not Michael Jordan spelling, as we discussed. Earlier. No, Giordano.global. Good, good old Italian name, I assume. A little bit, a little bit. Love it, love it. Tony, this has been oh. fantastic. I've enjoyed uh, talking with you. I've enjoyed listening to your story. I've enjoyed everything that you've shared. This is, this is fantastic. Every agent needs to hear this. Every agent needs a little bit of you in their life. So thank you again. And as a reminder, uh, he will be on live on the, in the Facebook group, Lab Code Agents, uh, coming up. Uh, so if you get a chance to check that, hopefully you had a chance to check this out because by the time this goes live, that will have already happened. So go back yeah, and check and it I, out if you'd like. I, definitely. And hats off just so uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to Lab Coat Agents and what you and everybody are doing and Nick and Tristan. And I think the value you guys give to agents is it's it's really just so unique and rare to have such a valuable group. So keep doing what you guys are doing. I'm honored to be a part of it and helping your your followers learn more. Appreciate you. And as always, if uh, you like what you've heard today, don't keep us a secret. Share us. Let others know. That's what Lab Code Agents is built upon. That is what the foundation of, 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 of the principles of what we do, which is sharing and collaborating and just giving back to the real estate community. So, hey, do the same thing. Give back to your real estate community. Give back to the people in your community. Let them know about this podcast because uh, that's how we grow it. And we appreciate all of you for listening today. Tony, once again, I appreciate you. And um, I'm glad we made the connection. You as well, sir. I'll talk to you very soon. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.